It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
It's me, the mouth of the sound, Jimmy Hart. Hey, check out my new tag team, baby, Money and the Pharaoh. Hey, Jimmy, don't forget to tell them about Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Well, you know what I would, but you already did it. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. It's Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Yeah. Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, what a run. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're going to get it. Right here, Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Jannetty, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff and we're going to rock it. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Duh. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast out of Indie Music TV here in Ron Conkerman, Long Island. And at the board is super producer Matt. How are you, Matt? Doing great, as always. And to the right of the Monty is the Pharaoh, the star of the show. How are you, Jimmy? I'm doing great. What's that on your head? This is my new look. That's your new look. Thug life, baby. Thug, Thug life. life. But what is that? <laughs> it looks like this underwear. This is called a war bonnet. It's Did you ever hear of this? No, I never heard of a war. So back in the day, a, back in what day? In the Civil War time. Ooh, the day they day. used to wear something called a war body. Okay, they, so this so is they, a war They body. pulled their underwear off and threw it on the head. And well, did they did they stitch stuff in there? Think, like, of, you think know, about it though. Southern life or something. When you wear it? underwear. Okay. And as you get older, right? You get sweaty balls. <laughs> the right? same underwear as uh, I get older. Well, wow. Do your balls sweat at you? your age? What? You get bat wings. <laughs> Wings. You never heard of bat wings? Oh, is that like the, the sweat, the yeah, sweat that you, accumulates in between your inner thighs? And, and then your then your sack kind of gets wow, hooked to your, your legs. Your, and your sack kinda... gets hooked to your legs. Come on, it happens to you all the wow. time. Don't even act like that, does it? Wow! Happen. No, I just I just love the things we talk about out of nowhere. No, 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 bat wings, bat wings. Uh, Ow! Ooh, stick! <laughs> what the? What is going on here? So anyway, okay. 
So, so was that why the Joker was always so upset? Oh, my Batwings! What's scary <laughs> is that you know the theme song from the 1960s Batman. Which is scary that I recognize That's, what are you it. That's like the greatest show ever. Batman from the 60s. Everybody knows the real Batman's Adam West. Let me ask you, did you what? enjoy the Batman movie? When, which, like, the which? shark is on his leg. <laughs> the rubber shot. <laughs> you know, for people that don't know, there's a Batman 1966, movie. Yeah. Batman the movie, yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. a rubber shark. <laughs> oh, and he's running around with the giant bomb you don't, you over don't, his head. You don't find that incredibly realistic? Yes. For the 60s? And then he's about that to... That was a high-tech rubber shark. Batman is such a good guy. He's about to throw this bomb <laughs> off the... Boardwalk, but then there's a whole bunch of ducklings coming by, so he decides oh, he can't he's not going to hurt the ducklings. So he'll continue to run around with a bomb. Right. That's Batman. That's Adam West Batman. Catwoman, you sinister fiend. <laughs> I love Adam wow. West. He was great. Well, he was great on Family Guy, too, Adam back West. Back to the war Adam bonnet. Adam West. You talk about underwear. It, yeah. it absorbs the sweat. <laughs> so when you were in the Civil War and you were sweating and bleeding, Oy. you would wear something called a war bonnet. See, Amante DeFaro, you just don't learn about wrestling. Yeah, you, you learn, learn about, about the Civil War. Exactly. Matt, wow. did you know about things called the War Bonnet? I had no idea. So now you're learning, right? Yeah. Every day. Don't you feel smart? Every Thursday, Matt Every learns something Thursday, new. Matt. He's Matt. learning what not to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be like these two old Yeah, Matt's thoughts. pretty good with the music, though. We learned tonight that Matt likes Jim Croce. Oh, yeah. Good job there, Matt. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Are, you, are you a Croce fan? Yes, I am. Yeah, I love Jim Croce. Cat Stevens or Jim Croce? Jim Croce, but they're both awesome. Jim Croce. Really? Yeah, really. It's a no-brainer for me personally, but, you know. Why? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at that. They're I both fantastic. I just Cat felt Stevens had a lot more. Cat like, Stevens was hits, dude, right? Careful now. No, careful now. No, because if you actually look at both their greatest hits, Jim, Jim Croce had uh, uh, handfuls, if you start really thinking about it, you know, between Bad Leroy Brown and Time in a Bottle and Operator, where you can mm. keep going on and right, on and on. Right. I felt Operator. That, yeah, well, you know. Isn't that the, the wheels making a call? You know, Michael Monty, take that diaper off your head. You know, I mean, you know, me, me and the wife, <laughs> we used to uh, go to the Barclays, 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 whatever, the Bar- to the, the Hall Barclays. of Fame. We used to go every went year, to that? numerous times. Wow, yeah. look at you. Cat Stevens was in one of them, and we're like, Ugh, Cat Stevens. I, I love Cat Stevens. Oh my God, he's great. It's like if Cat Stevens ever comes around in concert, we're going. Good luck with that. Cat Stevens, it'd be hard to break him out of uh, his uh, seclusion. He's a very private dude. It's Cat Stevens. Yeah. He's been for many, many years, decades now, since he got involved. Did in he turn the, it? Uh, did he return his? Is he back to Cat Stevens, or is he still like uh, he, Muhammad? I, you know Jahud. what? I can't answer that question. I know that is he still who? Muhammad Jahud. Interesting. I, I don't even know, know if that's what, that, what he does. He have a greatest hits too. Cat Stevens and Muhammad Jahud. Anyway, <laughs> oh peace train rolling faster, right on the peace train. Look no? at you, dude. That's a great song, Look Peace you. Train. Yeah. You just, like, memorize every song. Yeah, well, what about you Wild You amaze me. The Wild, Wild World's, World's great, Fantastic, dude. you know? You know, you surprised me because I, I always think about you just being the heavy metal guy, but you no. are well-rounded. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. I, I, that I, makes me happy. Yeah, it does make me dude, happy. Dude, my fir- you know that my, my first instrument was classical piano, and I loved classical yes. music. That's where it all started for me. Quick story about when I first met Jimmy and oh, we started hanging out. Okay. He used to have a piano in the house, yep. and like you said, he was training on classical piano yep and uh i remember him actually playing the theme song for godzilla for me that's i couldn't get over and i made him play it for like three hours straight (laughs) (laughs) remember that (laughs) here he goes (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, well, don't forget also, I completely wasted my poor mom's uh, money that she spent on teaching me classical because then I would break in after Godzilla or I would break into the theme from Halloween. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You always, oh, you always learn those super themes. That's you know what sure. was really cool? You know, John Carpenter wrote that. Did he really? The piano part. Not only did he direct that, that classic movie, but he wrote, not, the, he wrote the original score. Were you a big Halloween guy? You know I love the movie Halloween. That's How about the favorite. remakes? I actually did like the first one that Zombie did. I know it's very grisly, and some people didn't adjust to it very well, but I thought that it was incredibly grisly, realistic, a little bit, a lot more character depth about Michael Myers himself. You had um, well, but why was Malcolm McDowell playing the role of Donald Pleasance, right. and I love Malcolm McDowell. Yes. You know I do. Yep, yep. So I was like, wow, this was great. The second one, Rob Zombie's second movie, which was supposed to be Halloween 2, right. the original was actually cool, the original Halloween 2. Then things got funny. But after Wait, that, real quick, yeah. So Halloween two is okay. Then they went what Halloween three, season of the witch, season, which was terrible. Right. They wanted to try to like do something outside of the Michael Myers box and continue right. the franchise. What a mistake that was. That's worse than fake Razor and fake Diesel. That was so. A but going back to Halloween call. one before we get into the show, sure. Michael, yeah, sees his sister having sex mm -hmm. with a guy in the original and film, and that upsets him. So he well, decides to hack her up. Yeah, he hacks her up. Because she had sex with a, a man? I can't. Well, you want to start getting into the... About, I'm asking, yeah. Uh, the, bottom, yeah. the bottom line was is, is that it was a weird... Michael Myers was a very strange child, and when he killed his sister, he didn't speak another word for 15 years, and the rest is history. Because when he gets out 15 years later on Halloween night, 1978, in Haddonfield, Illinois, it was a very bad place to be. So if you were to analyze Michael Myers, though, yeah. is it the fact that maybe he was in love with his sister who sexually, knows? and that's why uh, he did you, that? Well, you know what was cool about the Rob Zombie film was is they actually explained a lot of this. So he what, was from his mom. Explain. Okay, in the Rob Zombie film, Michael Myers' mother was a dancer. She was basically... She was a private dancer. She would, not, she would dance private in the... Private dancer. She wasn't a private dancer. Dance she danced at, the, at your local carousel or boogie, I whatever. She was a stripper. Yeah. Right. Okay, and her boyfriend was a steaming pile of garbage who was an alcoholic and would stay on the couch all day and abuse him. So he was very abusive towards Michael, and Michael's just a little boy. And they show this, that when Michael's a little boy. Right. So, of course, you know, at one point, you know, who he kills, he goes after this bastard, this bastard who was, you know, abusing his well, mom. Which kind of makes sense, him. yeah. Right. And the way he kills him, the guy's sleeping, and he duct, takes, duct tapes him and slits his throat, but make sure he's awake first before he realizes right, right. what's about to happen. And this is just a kid. But... Then, of course, he's locked away because he goes nuts and butchers everyone in the house. And his mom comes home from stripping, and there's Michael sitting outside, just like the original. He's sitting outside the house, and she's like, Michael, what just, you know. Does so. he kill his sister in the new one, too? Yeah, well, they have the whole connection. They do, they do stay very faithful, but they also fill in a lot of blanks. You know, he was bullied in school. The best scene in the Halloween remake is, is one of the kids who bullies him. Michael follows him into the woods because he knows what path the kid takes home. Mm. And this guy was on the team, the football. He's a big, tough, you know, he mercilessly picked on Michael. Michael belts him in the balls repeatedly, and they show him belting him in the balls. He's basically killing him by crushing his testicles. Right. It's just like it's a very, very powerful scene. You know, mm. and either the strong of stomach can love it. I'm like, wow. It really showed because that's earlier in the day when he does go nuts. That happens earlier in that day. He oh, kills so he, the, he he kills the, the bully. Right. Ready he for kills the bully, else. and then he goes nts on the the uh, boyfriend of the mother and wipes out the whole house. And then he's put away for many, many years, and this time around, it's not the great Donald Pleasance, it's the great Malcolm McDowell, is right. Dr. Loomis. From Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Clockwork Orange, the great Malcolm McDowell. So, excellent job. But then and time talk, after time. 
Yeah, oh man, with Mary Steenburgen. Look yeah. at you! Yeah. Hey, there you go. Very good stuff. Uh, all right, anyway, last Saturday we had Al Snow and Doink and Dink. Sure. Uh, and what were your thoughts on both Fan- interviews? Fantastic. You know, um, Al Snow, great guy. And, you know, it's funny, too, because I think I had told you that oh, there was this YouTube. A video that was saying Al Snow is in the top 10 wrestlers who don't like the fans. So the first thing I did when Al got here off the air was, is I said, listen, can I ask you, you know, how you feel about the fans? Because I saw this video and I was very messed up by it because you seem to me to be a pretty joyous kind of guy. Seemed like a nice guy, yeah. You know, and he was like, wow, that's a bunch of crap, that video, you know. So he was a great person to meet. He was great. By the way, he might be one of the most intelligent guests we've ever had. Al Snow. As Dude, that was the way a, he speaks. That was, you know, wow. It's funny. I, I uh, wowsy wow. Very smart man. I look at, I look at all these broadcast pod. Well, actually, podcasts were mm-hmm. broadcast. I'll keep Go saying. Go on. That. But yep. it's funny how this show is. This, this show isn't a shoot interview show. It, you know, we do do not shoot interviews, but we do. We obviously talk about wrestling, right? But the show is so much deeper than that. Right. I mean, it, it it gives the wrestling fan the insight of their favorite wrestler, but in real life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go anywhere and get your uh, and get your whatever your your you know. I know that the wrestlers. I know that the wrestlers are relaxed when they're here with us, and that allows them to be relaxed when it comes to being interviewed. They're they're more free to say things, you know. Yeah. And uh, I agree. I really loved it, and I would like to say that Doink and Dink were also fantastic. But I got to tell you, I really loved Doink. What I didn't expect was, I don't know if you you felt this way, but when he was here with us, first of all, he's a very real guy. Okay, absolutely, very cool. Yes, but I swear, when he walked in, I said, "Who led Jackie Gleason into the room?" I am telling you, if you put me and and him, me as Norton and him as Jackie Gleason on a, in a place somewhere, I bet you we do all right. This guy reminded me so much of Jackie Gleason. Is it just me or is it just his spat- speaking mannerisms? No. Whatever that's worth, I thought he was really cool. Listen, I've said it before. You, you know, Great guest. Most of the times we, hit, we both hit it off with the wrestler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they may tend to go a little more Pharaoh. Sometimes they may little, yeah. go a little more Monty. It doesn't. Right. That's not the point. Well, at the least po- you didn't get molested by Dink. Well, that was. Well, Why don't you look at it that but way? That's a badge of honor. I told you <laughs> afterwards. I, I, I'm like, you felt comfortable <laughs> enough to, to touch your sack. They go, well, no, he did not touch my sack. Well, he was touching your ass. He was attempting to, you know, well, manipulate. I, mean, you. I think he was just messing he was around. Atten- he was Dink attempting, is a good guy. He was attempting to do what this bonnet does and kind of get the bat Boy, wings separated. The bat wings. But you know, the, also people got to understand, right? We're almost the age of these guys. A little bit younger, right? Oh, 10, stop it already! Right, Would you please? I'm not. I'm not in a rush to get to no, seventy. No, neither something. am I. But the point is, they can identify with us a little better, right? They, right. you know, um, they, I don't think they look at us as uh, as fans as much as they do as. Uh, what, like regular people? Yeah, it's regular oh, cool. people. That's, that's the whole point. Right. That's um, the whole point. Locally, I'm, I'm sorry for the na- nationwide fans. They don't know what we're talking about, but I think it, what? Uh, I think it definitely what? requires us to just, just a quick little shout-out. I don't even Revol- want it to be Revolution quick. Revolution in Amityville. Okay. Has, uh, Revolution oh, this is has something else. Shut, closed its doors. What? Yes. Okay, uh, for those COVID, folks who are confused, yeah, uh, Revolution was at this point... Mm-hmm. As we speak, basically the number one rock club on Long Island for the most part. It was, was a CBGB. It was a really, it was a really good play. I wouldn't, I don't know about CBGBs, but, but you, you know, understand where I'm getting. CBGBs is effing okay. legendary, but right. I do understand what you're getting at. It was the hot spot for rock bands, right? Yes, and it was right where, now. where it bands right can go to to play. Sure, 
and, and sure, draw it was a good, get their name good out there. place to play. Absolutely, and not so only that, they have famous people come through uh, there. Right? Absolutely, they've had tons. Absolutely, know? it's just uh, you know when I hear CBGBs, you know that's a, that's okay. a whole right. other story because sure. that was part of the formation of great genres in the in the business when that club was going on. Right, but. Um, Wow, that really stinks. And what was the story? Because of COVID, obviously? Well, or they COVID's, completely COVID's permanently killing. closed? Is COVID that that? Permanently closed. That's sad. Closed. What's uh, left? Do you know what other clubs? You go to clubs. Uh, or you, I know you go well, see bands from time I, to time. I, I love live music. Okay? Is Mulcahy still alive? Do they, they're, st- it, they're still around. That's a good thing. Anybody else? Well, I would say Here that on Long Island for the around? live music venues are starting to shrink up. Of course. And I would also tell you that the comedies... Like, I'm surprised that has to go hand in hand. I'm surprised governors are still having Are they doing there. shows? I, I hear they're doing outside shows. Again, I'm not a guy that goes to a lot of comedy stuff, right? Right. Because I, I honestly don't find You'd a lot of You love your concerts, though. Yes, I, know that. I love music. You love your concerts. I don't All like... Right. I'm not a big fan of comedy. I don't think... You know, again... It takes okay. a lot to make me laugh out loud. Right. You make me laugh. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a comedian. Yeah. Right. Well, you're actually yeah. better than 95% yeah, well, well, of the comedians out there. Let's so. leave my looks out of this. Come no, on. but you know what? Maybe you should have been a comedian, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. on top okay. of being a great musician, right? Oh, so thank it's like, you. Thank you. Bow, bow, bow. Seriously, bow. This, is a, this is a shot. I used to go see independent bands. I saw some wonderful bands I never even knew right. going in to see another band. Right. You know, Aqua Cherry used to sing our theme mm-hmm. song before mm-hmm. you know, Wisteria Hall took it over. Right. Um, I used to go see them, and I'm just using them as an example. Sure. You know, sure. but there was so, there, there's, there's one band called High School Musical. Uh, okay. Go watch them on, you know, go catch their songs on YouTube. I mean, they're freaking awesome. I wonder how some of my ex-band members are doing, like, you know, the very, very talented Tom Cavanaugh, who was doing the Johnny Cash deal. Mm. I mean, he was he was playing every big theater from here through Connecticut, through up, up down. He ain't playing them anymore. What is he doing? Mm. What does he do? You know, in the past, he had almost Queen. He was on Howard Stern. I mean, what what do you do now? It's trouble. It, it's not good, man. It's not good. That's why very it, depressing to hear. I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, uh, it, it's sad for local music here on Long Island. Yeah. And I, I hope uh, a lot of this just eventually goes away. Sure. Uh, I want rec- to rebuild. I want to <laughs> recognize that uh, the passing of a Met icon and a baseball icon, Tom Seaver. This. Do we have a couple of minutes? I mean, you, you know, to talk about to talk about Tom Seaver. Matt now. says he's here all night. Oh, all night, huh, Matt? Wow, that's awesome. Okay, um, Tom Seaver. Now, I'm obviously speaking as a Yankee fan, but I will say this about Tom Seaver. Here's some here's certain memories I have about. Well, actually, first let's just really spell out who Tom Seaver was. Okay, twenty year career. 311 wins, an ERA under three. Now, for those of you who don't really follow statistics, Tom Seaver is one of only three pitchers in the last 100-plus years to wind up finishing a career with an ERA under three with 3,000 strikeouts and 300 wins. Yep. Okay? That's insane. That basically, we're basically saying is one of the three greatest pitchers of the last plus 100 years. Okay? But here's a personal memory of Tom Seaver. It's, I believe, August 4th, 1985, and now at 1985, we had just graduated high school, okay, Mike? Yeah. So I am kind of like already thinking about music. Like, I'm starting to really concentrate on music because that's really what I want to do. And sports was slowly in my later years in high school going out, slowly seeping away a little bit, so... My dad wanted to go see the Yankees. It's 1985. I seem to have my mind on a lot of other things, you know. But we went. And the Yankees are playing the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this day because the, it was a stinker for the Yankees. They were terrible. They couldn't, they couldn't hit Tom Seaver at all. Tom Seaver was pitching for the White Sox at wow. the time. 
And I'm watching this game, and Siva's mowing them down, and he's mowing them down. And then I saw something I'd never seen before. As we're getting to the eighth inning, the ninth inning, the Yankee fans are all rooting for Tom Seaver. Mm. And my, I remember my father was like, what's going on? Why are they rooting for him? And then we found out, because back in those days there was no internet, we basically through word of mouth was Tom Seaver's about to win his 300th game. Wow. And he's doing it in front of me, wow. right? And I'm sitting there watching this, and I'd never, it was so weird to hear the crowd rooting against the Yankees right. and wanting this man to beat them to get his 300th win. That's when I realized those trading cards I used to put on my bike spokes in the 70s, like Tom Seaver, yeah. Dave Kingman, you know, like, you know, the Met guys yep. too. I mean, man, this Tom Seaver guy, man, he must be really great. You know, I'm only 18 at the time, or 17 going on 18, and I watched Tom Seaver win his 300th game in person. Dude, you, you've, you've actually seen some really great sports moments. So Doc mean, Gooden's no-hitter. Yeah. You know? I, uh, my, I memory, my memory cool of Tom shit. Seaver is, you know... Over the years. Thank God my father's still with us, and uh, yeah. he grew up a Met fan, and he yes. trained me to become a Met fan. You were a which Met I, fan, I, I remember. Tur- I eventually turned away. Yeah, but, we'll get into that another time. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's but a, to me, that's Tom Seaver is like, you know, a, again, pro-New York. He's but the Tom greatest Seaver's, Met ever. He's like Joe Namath. Yes. Right? They won, it, they yeah. won the championship he's in like, the same year, 1969. Like, you know, he's like Walt Clyde Frazier. Yes! You know, Earl sure. Pearl Monroe. Sure. He's, you know... Patrick Ewing, he's right. He's he's in. He's like, that's that group of like you know, Reggie Mark Jackson, Messier, Reggie Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. in that. Yeah, he's in yeah. that room. Um, he's in that room. His favorite player as a kid, he wanted, he idolized Hank Aaron, and it's the 1967 All Star game, and he's just a baby. He just got into the league, and there's Hank Aaron, and he wonders. And now he's an All Star too, but he's just a he's just a rookie basically, and he walks up to Hank Aaron, his his. Boyhood idol, Tom Seaver, baby Tom Seaver. And he goes, Mr. Aaron, is it okay if I know you probably don't know who I am, but is it okay if I have your autograph? Hank Aaron turns to Tom Seaver and goes, It's all right, son. I know who you are. And by the time, by the time your career gets done, everybody's going to know who you are. Wow. And, he, you know, so the great Tom Seaver, funny man. Funny talent knows talent, right? Yeah, oh, he knew. It goes back to, like, the Doink interview when we asked him, you know, did you know that this guy had it, this guy didn't. You know, I was watching it the other day, and right. he talks about Kurt Henning. Like oh, he knew Kurt had the goods, right? Right, right. Well, we we asked him about Baby Kurt's infancies, very, yeah. very, very early on in his run in the early eighties. Do you remember? You know, back. You know, not to veer off subject, but mm-hmm. do you remember Kurt Henning when we were first watching? Sure. When he came aboard, Kurt Henning was. The did most... you think? Like, did you think Kurt Henning? Like at our age, I always thought. I was shocked Kurt, when Kurt Henning became a big shot in the AWA. I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? The Kurt Henning, we saw Russell at Shea Stadium with the tushy face and, and had no yeah. – you had no clue what he – you knew he could wrestle, but right. he was it just there. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know that he was going to turn into that. Well, yeah, no, and by the way, when he got to the AWA, because, you know, at that right. point – I was in the military. Right. You were doing your thing, but if you right. went to PWI or oh, you knew he was, you knew he was also coming you're along. Like, Whoa! You what, knew he was they coming really, along. Kurt Henning's hitting the something. But you, but you know who invented Mr. Perfect, don't you? Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince McMahon invented the Mr. Perfect character. And by the way, by the way, well, that was one of Vince McMahon's greatest inventions. And if you don't believe me, look it up because Vince McMahon did create Mr. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that idea was perfect. We didn't get the, we didn't get the opportunity to uh, recognize Bob Armstrong, who passed away last weekend. Right. Um, thoughts on Bullet Bob? 
Um, memories of Bob Armstrong and I believe his his son too, right? I mean, Brad, it, yeah. listen, it's Georgia Championship Wrestling, man. And Scott. Yeah, it's it's. I remember Georgia Championship Wrestling. I remember that they were all very very sound technicians, and I also remember rooting against them. That's what I remember. I was Me not too. a big. I mean, can we talk about the character if we yeah. can, if we're allowed? It's I just. Not, was, I don't think it's insulting. I don't think so either. I just was always rooting for whoever they were. I fighting. freaking hated Bob Armstrong. I got to be you? honest with you. When he used to get in the ring, and it, like there were certain guys that I to never fair, understood he had why that they that Bob put... Backlund thing going on, but Backlund was much more engaging when you look back on the. You the know, thing I, like, but it was something like that, so if tell that me makes if, any tell sense. Tell me if I'm out of line on this thing, no, right? So it was guys like Bob Armstrong yeah. that would win. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who was the other one? Um, Jesus. There's certain guys in Georgia. Bob Armstrong too. strikes me emotionally the way Steve Travis did. Does that make any sense? Yeah. They're just there. There's no personality. Okay, you can wrestle. Obviously, they can wrestle. I'm sorry, wrestle. Thunderbolt Patterson. Remember they used to put him over yeah, all the time, too? Really... Like, I never, like, I was right. like, why are they putting this? But, you right. know, you talk to the old-timers or the old wrestlers, they say right. how great Thunderbolt Patterson was and Bob Armstrong was. Okay. And I'm not saying they weren't. Right. But as a fan. To to the viewer, they didn't do and a And he thing definitely couldn't transition to the WWE. He did, right. I don't think he was a transition guy, right? Right. He was a Georgia Championship wrestling guy. You could never see him in our, right. our realm. It is a different world sometimes. Some some adjust, some don't. Jimmy, I want to congratulate you, and I want to congratulate hey, Indie Music congratulate TV. You. Uh, you know, again, in the world of YouTube, it's not so huge, but for us it is. It's one of our mile markers that we put on ourselves, and we finally achieved it. 5,000 subscribers. Yeah, I know. That's pretty good, man. That was basically a year, so, you know. Get back to us in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, I'm humbled, you know, and you know good. what? The minute we got the Indie Music Studio... Yeah, things started changing. So, yep. uh, you know, no, again, it's doing well. It's, thanking it's, Indie Music it's doing TV well. for what they've done. Yep. Um, I'd like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and the Pharaoh. Uh, Who be that? Lead singer Jimmy Farrow and his mm-hmm. band Wisteria Hall, along with his partner Bart Griggs. Uh, Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as our now our theme song "Riding High," which the video premiere and it, how's it doing? The, Good the song. Good, far as I know, but you know me, I'm already thinking about what's next. Well, I gotta tell you, you know, unbelievable song. I'm very pleased with it. I'm very pleased with it. it it's I'll leave it's it funny. I, I personally, I love music, and you know, honestly, if I didn't think Wisteria Hall weren't, weren't as good as they were, I would I would just say, hey, Wisteria Hall, whatever. But mm-hmm. the music, it's I call it iPod worthy. It's on my iPod. I mean, you go to your last album. Um, it's an album of ten, mm-hmm. I think, ten songs, mm-hmm. if I'm right, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong. But I could tell you that. Eight of them are top-notch in my book. Let me ask you something. Do you think seven songs is too few for an album? Because I noticed Leonard Skinner sometimes would just put out seven, and I was interested in, in, in possibly not having as many this time. What I'm do you not, think about I'm not, that? I'm not an expert on that. I will tell you this. There's nothing better than an album that's a, a that win moves. from the beginning to end. Right. I guess you're answering remember, my you question. Remember getting then. an album it and moves, it like, you have matter like how two many. songs and they're so far apart and it's like, eh, I'm talking back in the day. It's different now, right? It's the streaming and all this not, other stuff. Not, not to bring up this, but I'm going to. Before the show started, I was talking about Priest and Metallica. Earlier right. today, I was listening to Judas Priest. Uh-huh. Speaking of albums that, you know, you talked about certain songs being spaced out, like, okay, there's ten songs, but only two and seven and ten are good. I, I, Judas Priest is so top-heavy with their albums. 
I was listening to Point of Entry <laughs> that starts out with Heading Out to the Highway, you know, yeah. and then the next album that starts out with Electric Eye, you know. Like, point in, uh, yeah. I think Heading Out to the Highway, is that off of that Heading starts, Out to the Highway? That starts Point of Entry. Is it Point Entry? Heading okay. Out to the Highway. All right. Uh, and but it's Hot Rockin' on that. Hot Rockin' right? is the third song on uh, so Point I'm of Entry. So I'm going to agree with you yeah. on that. They start out really top-heavy, and, and then, then the album does what I call petering out. Yes. It's like, Ugh, you geez. know what, I agree with you. Right. In fact, I can and that's why Iron Maiden's better because they don't peter yeah, out. I disagree with that. Hollow be thy name is a record. I will say this about Wisteria Hall. Yeah, they're Wait. different. Yeah, the well, songs are all different. Thank you. In fact, I would Try. tell you that when Jimmy first played Ride and High for me, well, surprise, surprise, back last year, right? Personally, as enjoying their first album, I was like, hmm. It's I don't different. know if this. I agree with this. Now I would never say anything. I'm I'm no expert, right? And obviously I'm not because I could tell you that riding high is <laughs> unbelievable. So sometimes it's better keep your mouth shut and keep your thoughts to yourself. Something yeah, else you're gonna learn right now, Matt. You just keep your mouth shut. I was also because you don't always know what the hell you're talking. I was also playing you the song in its infancies before it was all finished with the fairy dust in the in the studio. So that's oh, a whole other story. It's fantastic. Thank you, man. Catch Wisteria Hall on Spotify, iTunes, Reverb Nation, and I think your partner Bart is talking about moving on to some other uh, music websites. So uh, cool. I got to tell you, fans out there, check out Wisteria Hall. Also, Wisteria Hall, you can catch their video right here on Indie Music. TV. Nice. Um, nice. Monty DeFaro can be seen on YouTube, Facebook Live, Monty DeFaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, Monty DeFaro page, RTS Sports Network on Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. That was about an hour ago. Hmm. Channel 115 every Tuesday, 8.30 to 9 p.m. Early risers on Channel 115, uh, 6 a.m. to 6.30. And also on Friday morning, going to be switching to Saturday morning on Channel 20. Hmm. And again, I'm still working out Amazon. Um, it's a little more difficult than I thought it was going to be. But sure, I was hoping, I I was hoping it would be happening already. We'll, uh, we'll be right back. A long-winded first round, Pharaoh, after this commercial break. See you in a few seconds. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. And Verola Worldwide Logistics for all your logistic needs. Please call 862-227-3670. Once again, that's 862-227-3670. Verola Worldwide Logistics. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialist. 631 261 6420. That's 631 261 6420. Auto Excellence. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Uh, real quick, uh, fan out there, Scott Gada. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. He believes that Steven Regal is the only person to have ever had a match with Bullet Bob and three of his sons. Interesting. That's, that's a really interesting that's cool. fact, yeah, and right? Not for nothing. That must have been a hell of a match, though, between almost basically any of them with Regal, because Regal can freaking wrestle. Regal that, must have been, that must have been pretty good. Speaking of Regal, did you like Regal? Yeah, kind of. You know, I like Regal even more now, probably, because he's been such a great GM with NXT. He's been really become likable over the years. Did I appreciate him fully back in the day? How about a big fat no? 
Yours probably me. should have more. Yours reminds me. But I have learned to appreciate them. Hey, wait a minute. Like a drunk Regal uncle. reminds you of your drunk uncle. Yeah, just like you know the the, the, the puppy dog sinking eyes. Interesting. You know, like, uh, you know, I had too much to drink tonight. You, did you ever read a, a little bit about Regal's life? That that guy was fighting as a kid for money. Those those guys from England are tough. Dude, that guy was like you know cleaning clocks when he was like a teenager. You gotta survive in England, bro. Man, oh man, Regal's a tough dude. You know he schooled Goldberg too, of course. As I'm sure you know. Yeah. So. Well, let's get a little deeper. Um, oh, by the way, thank you for the comment out there. Thank you. What else you got? Uh, on the WWE Network 24 series, uh, Braun Strowman says uh, with a chat, Vince McMahon stopped him from contemplating su suicide. Wow. The former WWE Universal Champion Braun Strowman recently revealed that he was dealing with some severe mental health problems back in February 2019. Yeah, that sounds like a really bad guy, huh? Well... I don't know if it's a You know bit. what direction I'm already going in here? No, I mean, you I know, Vince McMahon helped Braun Strowman. Does that count for anything, or are we just going to get back online and start throwing more stones at him? Listen, if somebody's feeling suicidal, that is no joke. Mm. Okay? Especially with the history of it in this business, you know. I mean, what is the what is the what does the pessimist say? Vince is only doing it because Braun is one of his current products and he's worth money to him? I just I mean, find it, i got to tell you, as I think far it's as cool the, that Vince the w, was there to help him. But how about the That's WWE's cool. documentaries, right? I All mean, right. I, I find it impressive that Braun is willing to share that. It means that he can walk up to Vince and talk to him about it, and that says something about Vince McMahon's relationship with Braun Strowman. How about a testament to, to Braun himself, though? Like, this is a guy who's in the... In who's the, able in, to reach out for help? Not only that, he's able to speak about it. That's and, cool. And, and, you know, the fans that, you know, younger fans, right, mm -hmm. that may be going through this, this, this same situation. That's cool. You could see a, a big, strong, tough guy like Strowman saying, right. hey, look. If it can happen to him, it can happen to me. But he go. got through it, and I can get through it, too. That's fantastic. Talk about the messages that, you know. That's the, great. The good stuff in the world. That's a I know, message. But nobody harps on it because does it sell papers that's what's really sad about this you know i think that's an awesome story but isn't it just a blip on the radar you know as far as the negativity negativity is what spears the internet it's what spears the media uh, it's I what spears the world everything needs to be bad news i think you know i think the wwe does a great job with their documentaries they're yeah. they're well done they're 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 the best out there it's yeah. not even no one can even compete with them by the way Vince McMahon, as far as some of Vince McMahon's greatest creations, and I don't care what anyone thinks about this, Braun Strowman is one of Vince McMahon's probably top ten greatest creations. Braun Strowman himself. What did I say to you the other week when Braun lost the belt? He don't need it. Braun Strowman is so over, like we said, about the lines we see when he's appearing. Right. And stuff. Sure. His character is, he's over. He don't even need the belt. He could be doing the big show thing for Vince for the next 15 years. Okay. Set, locked, done. I can't disagree. You know, with you. just just my thoughts on that. And who created Braun Strowman, by the way? Vince McMahon. He created that character, so, Braun Strowman. Speaking of that, he did. Strowman know. at payback loses the title, gets gets pinned right, right. Uh, against Reigns. Thought oh. about that. Yeah. Are you upset about Reigns regaining the title? No, not not the way it's gone. They've gone about it. I mean, you're forgetting who's who's with him. <laughs> by the way, Scott also weighs in again, ladies and gentlemen. Point. Another yeah. great point. What do you got? He's surprised they didn't run a suicide uh, hotline number at the end of the documentary. It's a great point. They should have. You know, if you is there a, is, suicide, is there, is there you know? a national prevention hotline? Absolutely, yeah. Well, then they, they could have. Sure. I think that would have been a great idea. Another they great did point, a great Scott. job. They did a great job, though, at least putting the documentary out, no? 
I mean, yeah. at least they're doing that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they do have a massive forum to, uh, to, to uh, reach massive amounts of people, so at least they're getting that out there. I didn't let you get your point across, so I apologize. Well, so, What was my point? Reigns beat Strowman. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I love what they did with Roman Reigns. They finally pulled you the have to. How could you not? How could you not? This is great. What does that mean for the Fiend, It though? doesn't mean what it means to Fiend just... He'll probably hold the belt again eventually. Yeah, you'll blink. You'll look back a few years from now. You'll be like, "Wow, the fiend held the belt four times." You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't think it's that great for the fiend. But I, look, if you're going to do this with Roman Reigns, I mean, could you imagine if they'd done this to the fiend and Roman wasn't with Paul? Let's look at it that way. If they had just given the belt to Roman without the Paul, do you think this they're thing, doing it because that would have been the oh my god, become a face now? They're going to try to roll. How the do fiend. you make the fiend a face? It's hard. I, I agree. It's hey, another great point. How do you do fa- that? Right? I hear that there's a new Wyatt family coming. Really? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, I hope it's Alexa Bliss. I, I mean, think what's going so. On with that whole but thing? who's the third? The third peg in that all of that? Rowan's going to come back. Stronger. That would be interesting. That, yeah, would, that, that, one, that would be kind of cool. That would, that would be All right. All right. Let's see what happens. Uh, raw ratings are down. Uh, oh, no. From the uh, key demographic from 18 to 49. Okay. Um, Mike, you know what really 30. sucks? Go ahead. We're past the 49. Well, I know. Well, what the fuck? You're, we're over the hill. We're this not. Is... The, that's what I'm saying. They're not Wait a minute, though. We're only 52 years old pieces. so why are we like, oh, does that mean we just don't matter? We don't matter. Wow, that's rough. Go on. Uh, they're still down 35% compared to where they were at the start of the pandemic while viewership uh, is down, was down 28%. All right. Which we knew was happening, right? Right. SmackDown averaged 2.1 million, well, I, I will call it 2.2 million viewers lately, last week. Lately, that's actually not so horrendous. Is the WWE, in your opinion, paying too much attention to SmackDown and not enough attention to Raw? I don't know the answer to that. I I doubt it. I'm sure that Vince carefully, you know, prepares both programs to do the best they can. I, I I can't see why he would just put consciously put more effort into one than the other, but then again, SmackDown is on Fox. Perhaps he does, you know. This is not so horrible lately. I thought I was going to read like a 1.4 or something like that, a 2.18. No, Thund- a- Thunderdome idea is working. Is it? It's working. Okay. Again, 2 million viewers isn't too bad. Uh, under certain, I guess under these current circumstances, yeah, I guess I, you can certainly say they're okay. Hey, and before we go to commercial break, use this example, too. Notice that Retribution doesn't show up on SmackDown. They only show up on Raw. Right. Well, why? Right. SmackDown, Fox. Right. It's pretty simple stuff, right? Right. And, you know, you know, we'll get into AEW a little bit, but AEW's got to watch out. they got to watch out what they're doing on air now. Really? Yeah. Okay. You, you know, I don't think... You like Retribution? I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's great. I I don't know. It hasn't played out yet. You don't. Right. You know. You you do a storyline. You don't bail out. You right. you keep going, right? We talk about a whole bunch of different things. You keep driving and driving and trying to get better and hopefully it works out. Too many times that they bail out of angles. You know what I'm saying? Right. What if you know Hogan and Macho Man in the beginning really wasn't getting a rub? You know, and and they gave up on it and they ended it. You know what I mean? You you, you got to keep going. The best way to agree with that and to slam that point home. Once upon a time, there was a guy with a gimmick that he did Elvis. Mm-hmm. And they put a major belt on this guy, and the fans just absolutely like, get this, are you kidding me? And he wasn't even good in the ring, technically, right. if you really want to get technical. Very good. What made the honky-tonk man, the greatest, perhaps the greatest at the Continental Champion in the history of the, of the, of the title, 
was the fact that they didn't take it off of him. That he held it for 400 and whatever, 50-something days mm -hmm. and drove the fans mad to the point of drooling, wanting him to lose. That in 31 seconds when Warrior flew down that SummerSlam ramp at the Garden, he did defeat and put an end to Honky Tonk's reign, but he also put a stamp on Honky Tonk's reign as this is a reign you will talk about for decades. And it was because they stayed patient. And they allowed the honky-tonk man to continue rather than going, ah, this Elvis thing is stupid, it's not working, let's take the belt off him. You know, he was supposed to be a transition champion, the honky-tonk man, by and, the way. And ladies How'd and, that turn out? And ladies and gentlemen, that's why that's the star of the show, the Where? Pharaoh. Oh, well, we'll be right you. back Bow. after this commercial Bow. break. Ow. Jimmy, I just got the best hookup on tickets. Hmm. Fill me in. I went to www.seatslinks.com and ordered... The best tickets with the best prices. Call 718-676-0504. Seatslink, the complete ticket experience. Tell them Charles sent you. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com, 866-7-CAST-NOW. That's 866-7-CAST-NOW, QuickCast. Star in your own success. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. out of indie music television here in Ron Conkham in New York. Renee Young says the WWE was not happy when she announced she had the COVID-19 infection. Young was a guest on Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. By the way, I don't even know half this podcast. Huh? Okay. And spoke about making her diagnosis public. The WWE was not pleased about the announcement. Thoughts on that, Jimmy? What sort of thoughts am I supposed to? What is she, is she complaining about something? What is she saying? She She's was just not saying happy. that when she what, made, because I they guess, told her to keep it to herself. Want everybody to know that they're doing these events and some people are getting COVID because. Why would you want? Why would you want everybody in your company running around going, "I've got COVID"? No, you don't. You don't want them running around going, no. "I've got COVID." You know what I read that was more annoying to me was that she was criticizing the testing. That's okay. what I had read, and that kind of annoyed me. I'm like, you know, Renee, now that you're out, you're going to just start slinging mud. You know, like, it kind of bothered me a what, little bit. What, they're not testing enough? They're they weren't. Tests. Look, we had Johnny Photo in here during all of this, and Johnny said they were being very careful and taking care of everybody. Did he or did he not, you know? So, you know, I kind of trust Johnny Photo. Look, you, you know, you, you go you know, by... He works there. You go by the country's you know? guidelines. They were clearly do, being careful according you to John. the best you can. Right. I mean, so look, I don't know what the hell she's complaining about. I mean, what, what that she got COVID? Did this ever occur to her? I think she was... This is what bothered me. I think she was suggesting that she got corona because her company the wwe wasn't really careful enough okay fine okay you want to play you want to play that game so let's talk about this how do we know since you want to throw that out there how do we know that john moxley when he was doing his aew Very stuff didn't, didn't get you know or, or how do we know he's not a carrier yeah. you know and somehow you know carried it on over to home after wrestling right. over a uh, wrestling uh, luchasaurus right you know and uh, marco punt you know uh, marco stunted growth and uh, you know he came home with the uh you know, and now she's got it. How do we know how she got it? 
God, what are you bitching about? You know what? You're bitching about the company that made you famous at the age of 25 and paid you insanely, and then your husband left, and now you're gonna sling one? You know I, what? I don't, I don't understand why everybody's got to slam. God, I don't get it. But you know what? Though here's the best part, though. Knowing the McMahons, somewhere down the road, if they see a reason to bring them back, where it'll be beneficial to both of them, they'll drop their ego and bring them back. My whole point is that the WWE says, "Hey, we they don't, drop their ego all the time to bring people we back." We didn't appreciate you saying this. It's like, why do you have to tell them that they didn't appreciate it? Just I whatever happened. I don't know, Anyway, man. she All wasn't right. the only one that Stop got it. Bitching. Dwayne The Rock Johnson announced on Instagram video Wednesday that him, his wife Lauren, and his two daughters all tested wow. positive for COVID-19. Not good. Quote, I can tell you that this has been one of the most challenging and difficult things we have ever had to endure as Yeesh. a family. Ooh. And for me personally, too, Johnson said in the video. Man, oh, man. And if I've gone through some doozies in the past, I've mm. gotten knocked out and gotten my ass kicked a little bit. But testing positive for COVID-19 is much different than overcoming nasty injuries or being evicted or even being broke, as he referenced to his life growing up. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that? I hope he's okay. I hope his family's okay. You know, um... It's you know we you know we've had Sonny Beach in here and he you know he he went through it. it, it it's obviously very very nasty. I I, I like I, I wonder how he, he got it. it. I wonder how The Rock got it. I mean you know. Uh, I think he said Hollywood that he was at some kind of family party and some family some people party. unknowingly had it and you know. And the way know. we go. Yeah, and the way we go. I hope he's going to be okay. You know. AJ oh. Styles. Tested positive. How the heck did AJ get it? AJ doesn't go out. He's a family man. I guess when you're traveling, well, he's traveling. Again, we keep on thinking, look, because you smoke cigarettes every day doesn't mean you're going <laughs> to yeah. get lung cancer, right? <coughs> Just because you don't <clears throat> smoke cigarettes every day doesn't mean you're not going to get right. lung cancer. Right. The odds are greater if you smoke. Sure. Of course. Sure. So people are more susceptible to this disease than other people. Why can't I get past what, what a very old man told me many, many years ago about what he called the deli counter theory? Now, at the time, this guy was a World War II survivor. I wonder how old he lived to be, but I think he was about 80, mid-80s. Okay. And he said to me, he goes, he lived so long and he's seen so much surviving World War II, living through the Vietnam War, living through all the Watergate, living through Reaganomics, living through... He said to me, Living he goes... Reaganomics. Well, the Reagan era. You know, I'm just okay, saying, the okay. man lived a very long time, you know? So he said to me at the time, he said, my, my young man, because I was just, a, you know, maybe 20-something at the time, he said, life is the deli counter theory. And I said, what is that? He goes, when it's time for your sandwich, they'll call your name. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I'm like, is that basically the deal? He goes, that's the deal. He goes, in a world where someone who gets cancer and dies and never smoked a cigarette and George Burns can live to be 100 and smoke cigars... It's the deli counter theory, my friend. Live life to the fullest and enjoy it. And if you got to put your pedal to the metal sometimes, so be it. And that's that's the advice I took from this guy. Amen. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I think he's right about that. It is the deli counter theory sometimes. Other news, Seth yeah. Rollins is leaving the WWE um, to spend time with his what? girlfriend, oh, Becky to, Lynch, to spend time. And, and okay. walk her through her pregnancy into December. How okay. nice is that? That's cool. Oh, yeah. That's cool. It's fucking September. Oh yeah, I wish I could take my job off and for my pregnant wife and who's letting him? Three months. Vince, what but, a bad guy. I mean, life is so tough. I'm gonna take a break. What do you want him to do anyway? 
Wrestle in front of nobody? <laughs> That's a good point. You know, let's just hope he doesn't curb stomp everybody in the house. I just, I just call bullshit. It's you like, know? come on, man. <laughs> I, I, I need September off. <laughs> September? September, October, November. And that he, guy never takes off. It's his first kid. Four months? Well, what was he missing? Who's he going to be wrestling? Oh, we're going to miss him for four months? Yeah. What is that? No, we're not. He's a main character. I'm not going to miss him. You're not. He's not Shawn Michaels. Wow. That's wow. Would you, you you're gonna miss that? I'm gonna miss Whoa, it, man. Shit. Whoa, I like the Monday Night hey, Messiah. Farrow, I, don't, I like him too. Now Imagine gonna... how great it'll be when he comes back. Oh, welcome back, Monday Night Messiah. Maybe he'll come back as the Monday Night Moron. I have no idea when he comes back. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, iconics. Anyway. They split. How could they do this? They split. I know why they're doing this. Tell me why. They're doing what I always recognize right from day one: that Peyton Royce is the star of the team. <clears throat> Peyton Royce is awesome. They gotta find a way to push her to the moon. She's got. What about Billy Kay, dude? You gotta stop. Billy Kay looks like Billy a foot. Kay. Shut up. Billy Kay looks like a foot. Okay. She looks like Peyton a, Royce. She looks like a foot. She looking like a toes at the foot with oh the cuticles. Yellow, Billy the yellow, the yellow cuticles. Oh. Now, come on, Peyton Royce has got like you know. Peyton Royce has got diva written all over her. You don't Billy think Kay it, doesn't? Wait a minute. Are we looking at the same faces here? Billy Kay's smoking, dude. Come In on. In what way is Billy Kay's mug smoking? Like, I could understand flicking my cigarette in it. That's smoking. Wow. What are you talking about? You don't realize I'm having fun here. I'm Billy really Kay's sad. fine. Really I'm sad. just saying, though. Now that right. Goofy Peyton is Royce, over with. Peyton Royce is on the, the high. Billy Kay is fine. She's awesome and all of that. You know I love that team. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, is it's pretty obvious that if you're going to split them up, it's obvious who the star is. Billy to me, it, and Billy Kay can't really wrestle, so what happens to her? <laughs> it's, Seriously. So it's let over. me get this straight. You just had me almost apologize for having fun <laughs> with a face that looks like a foot. And and you, you know she can't wrestle. It's Peyton, man. It's Peyton. Peyton's got... Wait a second. I'm surprised. For a guy who always loves to support the women's wrestling, and especially their derrieres, how the heck are you not drooling over Peyton Royce? I gotta tell you. Wait a minute, you gotta explain this one because I'm honestly, it to Peyton Royce to me is prettier, better looking than Alexa Bliss could ever be. Whoa, I'm a brunette person. You Whoa. haven't figured that out. You All still right, haven't I, figured can I that out. My explanation. Go ahead. So I understand that the divas wear makeup, just like most women wear makeup. Sure. Men don't usually wear makeup, but in some cases they. Okay, might. if but you hit them with a hose, what does Billy Kay look like? So, okay, it's a good point. <laughs> But I got to tell you, like Peyton Royce, <laughs> Peyton Royce great body, good looking face. Absolutely. Had a close up recently oh, on their match. Go. What against uh, the Riot Squad? Right? Yeah, they were against the Riot Squad. Yeah, okay. yeah. The makeup was cake up. It was cake, cake up. up. Oh hell yeah! It was. So, it was applied so ten times. You're telling so me saying, if you hit her with a hose, she's not good up. looking anymore. Uh, you know what? I'm not I sure. I think she is. I'm not sure. You ever see Sasha Banks without makeup? Yes, gorgeous. Then Peyton Royce is just fine. How about them apples? You hit Billy Kay with that hose? Well, I know you're excited about this. What? You can now text Paul Heyman. The Not advocated, the no. advocate tweeted right. a, a new service right. for his fans. Sure you can, ladies and gentlemen. Sure my name is hashtag Paul Heyman, sure. and we're d- we're doing a lightning <laughs> round of ask the advocate right now. You may text me personally at <laughs> right. Ready? <coughs> sure. Go ahead. Nine one seven six three four. Four nine nine five, and uh, should I deem your question worthy, I shall answer it personally. Come on, man! I dare you. T- text the number and go. Do you like? Do you like Billy Kay? Billy Kay? That's what you're going to ask. He's not going to deem. And by the way, before we go to the gonna... next commercial break, what's wrong, with Paul Heyman's face, dude? That thing is like, 
There's like yellow growing what's on his wrong face. With it's like something. You know growing. what's wrong with this whole thing? You mean to tell me that he's walking around right now, and if we dial his pocket, is going to start buzzing? Yeah, maybe. Oh look, it's Monty and the Farrell. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Who the hell believes this shit? Hold on. There's, I'm going to text him right now. There's no way. Ready? There's no way. I'm texting him. You're going to text him. What are you going to say? I'm doing it right now. Nice hair, Paul. Do you think that pro wrestlers deserve 401k and lifetime benefits? I'm hashtag, hashtag fuck unions. Oh Let's see if he answers. God. Do you like this that? This is terrible. This is I will be back after this commercial break. <laughs> we hope. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York, 631 900 Dump. Hmm. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh, seen only here out of Indie Music TV on Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m., this brings us, Farrow, to my favorite part of the oh. show, the most annoying wrestling fan. Favorite part of the All show. Right. Favorite part. There they go again. All right, well, the idea behind this is we would take a clip or a statement from a wrestling expert, and there's plenty of them out there, there's 10 million podcasts, or maybe even a wrestler. Sure. So this week, we've chosen Brody Lee... From AEW. A.K.A. What's his name? <laughs> Pew Carper? Yeah, Luke Harper, yeah. Okay. On Brock Lesnar being a free agent and possibly jumping to AEW. Bear with <laughs> us, fans. You ready? <laughs> oh, yeah, jumping. The topic of Brock Lesnar's free agency also came up on a podcast, and while it's unlikely that Lesnar jumped ship to AEW, the possibility now exists. Lee commented on the idea of Lesnar and AEW. Are you ready? This sure. This is in quotes. I mean, you have to look at every free agent, especially one of the magnitude of Brock Lesnar, Lee noted. From a business side of things, you have to look at that. From a professional wrestler side of things, I'm not sure that he has the be he, he is the best fit for AEW. But again, I'm not management. I've been in the ring twice with him, so I'm clearly not afraid of him. Oh, boy. So if I was to, if, it, if he was to be here, I mean, I have a championship. So if he wants to start somewhere, I'll welcome him. Lee elaborated on why Lesnar is not a good fit for AEW. He noted that AEW already has monsters on its roster like himself. I didn't know he considered himself a monster. Brian Cage and Lance Archer. Oh, boy. But does not mind if Lesnar wants to come in and challenge for a top spot. Oh, how gracious So I'm going to turn this over to you about this most annoying wrestling fan, but I just want to leave you with this. Yeah. He's a fucking goof. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty He's pretty damn delusional. First of all, Brock Lesnar is not going to AEW, nor would he entertain going to AEW, first of all. Second of all, the 
the complete cluelessness of Brody Lee to offer that Brock Lesnar would possibly be interested in not only coming to AEW, but fighting him for the TNT Championship? Please. Does he think that Brock Lesnar would even... to the? Let me, let me really spell this out. The TNT Championship to Brock Lesnar is probably even less important than the WWE 24-7 title. Very good. You can't be serious in your arrogance... To think that, you know, oh, if he wants to come in, I'll be willing to... Are you kidding me? And as far as monsters go, let's see the monsters he listed. Okay. While I must admit that I would love to watch him break every bone in Brian Cage's body in within five minutes and pin him, Lance Archer, that would probably take five to seven minutes also to break him in half and pin him. And then we've got the biggest laugh of all. You, Brody Lee! you got to be kidding me! Really think they're that clueless? Oh, hey, Brody, we should fight Brock Lesnar because he could give him a fight. Dude, you'd be gone in one minute. I just gave five to seven minutes for Brian Cage, who I absolutely respect with his specimen, and Lance Archer, who's a bad mofo. Yep. I'll give them five to seven minutes, by the way, the same running time that Brock Lesnar basically gave Samoa Joe, who's better than you, Brody Lee. My God, what's going on here? What did you get me started on? Uh, this guy's sitting there taking well, that's a why, shit that's why, on Brock Lesnar, and he's why, not even an armpit hair on Lesnar's freaking body. Well, with that, thanks. we want to thank the most annoying pro wrestling expert My this week's guest, My meds. Brody Lee. Thank you, Brody well Lee. Well done, Farrell. By the way, I was also a fan of yours, but, you know, I kind of still am. But what the hell, bro? Are you that high? And if you are, could you send me what you just took? Speaking of another goof, Jim anyway. Cornette says Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville should be fired for breaking kayfabe because Rose was over Deville's house when this? that freak broke into Deville's house. Oh, I just added this to the script. I'm sorry. Speaking of another goof, you called my you called Jim Cornette. So Cornette, he's not a goof. Cornette said that Rose and Deville should be fired for breaking kayfabe before SummerSlam when that guy broke into Deville's house and Rose was there with Deville. Okay. And that they shouldn't have been together and they broke kayfabe and blah 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 oh, blah. Oh no, really? Yeah. Really, Jim? That's depressing. That's come on, dude. You know what that means? That Thank means you. the gym is that that means the gym is still stuck in the you know like when she can. And uh, I'm sorry, she had her friend sleep over. By the way, the Mandy's Donuts, I recommend it. It's a beautiful. Are you YouTube. sure that Jim was serious when he said that? Yes, if he was. Come on, Jim. It's enough. It's enough with the nonsense. Dude. I mean, it's most like... of the time, I completely agree with the guy, but not there. No, no, I can't agree with that. That's messed up. I, now I'm going to go back and want to listen to what he said exactly. All right, we're, we're short on time, so we're going to run through this real quick, okay? okay. All out AEW predictions. I don't care. I'm not predicting shit, but go on, Just Mike. tell me who's going to win. All right? I would, I'll tell you who I'd like to see winning. Starting from the bottom. 21-man right. Casino Battle Royal. Who's the winner? I've got no idea. I really don't. I th Listen, who the hell's in it? It's Brian Cage and Lance Archer. Oh, okay. for a shot at the AEW World yeah. title. Yeah. I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. i got to think about this. Just for a second. Cage. I'm going to say Cage. I'm going with Archer. None of this means anything, by the way. No, no, no but fine. Go on. Uh, you know this is scripted. We're trying to get somebody's script. Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa. <laughs> so let me just say one thing. What? AEW's got me totally into it with Thunder Rosa. 
Thunder Rose is I'm great. I'm a big fan of Thunder how, Rose. By the way, too. how did this happen? You're suddenly loving Thunder Rose. When, when did this happen? I liked her. I watched her in like and Mexico and TNA and I all this. I, so I didn't watch her. Oh, I watched her. I've been watching her for a couple of years. Power, I loved her. Okay. And when she's now in this, I'm totally into her. Right. right. Now. I'm like, I, she's, I think she's a good wrestler. I think she's cute. I know we were both on her side when Sexy Star pulled that bullshit that, over in Mexico. That's right. That I do know. No, that's she's right. awesome, Thunder yeah. Rosa. She instantly improves their entire women's division. You realize that? Yeah. Instantly. And, you know, she's talking about bringing the AEW women's title to NWA. So it's a good little Very one, cool. I like it. No, it's cool. That's uh, cool. That being said, they got to put the belt on her. They're going to really have a Why How could they do that? That's she's a bad business lose. move. That's a bad. Don't you think that's a bad business for move? For me, it is, yeah. I think that's a bad business. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR with Tully Blanchard for the AEW World Tag yeah, Team dude, Logically, you should put the belts on FTR. So do we get a, a but swerve? Knowing them, Page they won't. Omega, does someone turn bad here? I, they've been, they've been hinting that, that, forever, right, right. that this breakup would happen. I guess maybe tonight's the night. Maybe that night will be the night. I don't freaking know. Half the time, it never is. They just go, jerk you around for another week or two. I'll and agree then, with you, And though. then pull the trigger. They're putting the belts on FTR. They should. I mean, they brought them no, What are they reason. there if for? If they lose, what's the point? Right. right. How do you think they've been so far with Tully and stuff? They're fine. They're okay. They're better than what they were being shown in the WWE. Well, with all due respect, sir, I'd I mean, say this. Come on. Brody Lee is Brody Lee, and FTR is FTR. Brody Lee's okay. better in AEW. I'll give him that. Yeah, but he but already thinks he's on Lesnar's level. But my point is, they that's are insane. who they are. They're retreads. Right. You know what I mean? That's fair. Listen, they're all improved, no one's though. Missing. They're all yeah. improved. They're in a better place. They're in right. a better place, a better home. They're booked better. Listen, I love Thunder Rosa, but she doesn't belong in the WWE. Why not? She could. She, no. Why not? Oh, dude. There's just... What, Sasha Banks won rings around there? What yeah. are you saying? She yes. can wrestle. Thunder Rose can wrestle She's right there the with her. Listen, when you look I at the WWE wrestlers, they're so much better. What, it's like Carmella? Point. Thunder Rose is a better wrestler well, than Carmella. Okay. You, you know, Carmella Wait a minute. Carmella's a... Listen. Look, if you're talking... Okay, let's be fair. If you're talking Sasha Banks, yes. if you're talking Bailey, yes. if you're talking Becky Lynch, yes. if you're talking even when Ronda was doing it, yes. okay, uh, Charlotte Flair. Alexa Bliss is way better than she gets credit for. Right. Okay, way better. I would all say right? Thunder Rose is better but, than Alexa. But in I the think ring. Thunder but is as too. As a character, Alexa's the Alexa's the, the goods. Yeah, I so, mean, as an overall package, yes, she's it's, absolutely. It's the pros against the minors. Totally. Yeah, but I think Thunder Rose is marketable, and she could be big time in WWE. I totally can see it. They could do that with her. Yeah, what a, a curveball she would be too to would, like mess up the whole. Listen, I'm a huge establishment. Fan of her. I just don't think she would. Do well there, but that really? you know. But uh, you know, did you think Bailey was going to do well when she first came up with it? With the no, uh, but you know, come what? The on, WWE's a marketing machine. I man. really believe and that she could what? be if marketed There's a perfect right. example from earlier in the, in the show. What they hung in there with Bailey? They sure did. And, and it, guess what? Well, they, they also gold. turned Bailey. Yeah, but they, they struck gold though. Right. Uh, they did. She's Chris Jericho well. versus Orange Cassidy in a mimosa match. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's all it's called. I thought it was like a. Mimosa in a tub yeah, or something? Whatever. Yeah, okay. Wait, no, uh, what is it called? A Mimosa Mayhem match. Yes. Oh, and by the way, you wiener, let me get this in because I have to. Good. When you when you say adios to Mauro Ronaldo, oh, could God. you please not thank make you. it out like thank I'm you. also saying goodbye? All right. Because Mama Mia, Michael Monty is now taking it to a whole new level. He's basically taking a shit down Morrow's throat. This is horrible. I guess you don't care too much about Morrow, huh? Thank God. Why are you glad? That, why are you glad here? that the best announcer outside of Jr. is gone? Because I don't think he is. Everybody else does. What I do you don't. not like about him? Uh, oh, he makes o- everything overacting. Over- He's got him in an armbar. Exactly. It's an armbar. And it hurts. Most hilarious show funny. on the cable version with you on yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, had yeah. people rolling on that. What did I do? What? What? Doing a Morrow? Yeah. 
Morrow's, yeah. but I miss Morrow. Uh, Dark Order versus Matt Cardona. Wait a minute, Scorpio. we didn't talk about back. Chris Jericho versus Orange oh, Cassidy and the Mimosa Mayhem. What the Mimosa Mayhem match? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Jericho better win. Well, you know, Jericho claims he's the guy that made the stupidest Money in the Bank thing. match, so, you know. Well, he did. Okay, so. He did come up with Money now, in the Bank, but now he's coming now up with this. The You're fired. You're fired. You know what? He just made the list. So we're not going to go every match. So let's just talk about the main. Oh, why main not? Event. It's a you don't want to talk about Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks. It's got Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus, and, and Marco Punt. That, that's the worst thing. John ever. Moxley against MJF. Is it time for MJF to become the champion? It should be. And thoughts? Are they going to? do What it? I don't like though is this is when AEW went off the air. Moxley was in a pool of blood, and MJF was standing over him. You know how that usually ends up. The next match. Whoop! Roll up. I'm sorry, MJF. All your momentum down the tubes. By the way, I did like that ending. Yeah. That was great. AEW is doing a pretty good job, dude. Don't you? They gotta put the belt on MJF. It's he's he's their star. They're not. Why is he gonna just gotta play it safe with those WWE? Uh, you matches? know what? Eventually, Who takes the belt from Moxley? Not anybody right now. It'll be like uh, Wardlow will end up screwing <laughs> up and cause MJF to fuck probably. Belt and, oh, now it's a feud with MJF and yeah, Wardlow, and then Moxley will move on to Orange Cassidy or something. Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cage. Yeah. Interesting. When your champion's Moxley, I don't really. It's very difficult to swallow. <laughs> Especially when you think you can walk into the ring and plow. Beat the shit out of that <laughs> Come guy. here, heavyweight And I could. I uh, I yeah, I'm not touching this one. Aye. All right. Monty DeFaro can be seen on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, Facebook Live on the Monty DeFaro page, yeah. iHeartRadio, Spotify, yeah. Anchor, Channel 115, every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. Every Saturday from 6 a.m. to 6.30. 6 a.m. to 6.30. We're also proud to, what did I write here? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we will crayon. waiting. I've been saying this for the last three weeks. What? We are looking forward to adding the returning segment of Farrow's Corner, <laughs> oh, which will be a shit. monthly review yes, of Jimmy Farrow's most intricate thoughts what? on professional wrestling without the interference of myself what? so he's clear to leave his state are you looking forward to that matt oh my god oh he's giving the thumbs up because he doesn't matt know what look, else matt looks miserable matt, matt looks miserable Farrow, any uh, uh, twelve years of college down the drain. Final statements before we call it a night. Uh, yeah, final statements. Uh, Brody Lee, uh, you cannot uh, main event against Brock Lesnar. I hate to break it to you. What else did we have that made us nauseous? Oh, but more importantly, rest in peace to the great Tom Seaver. Yes. And uh, you know, I really enjoy these shows where it's just me and you. So uh, it's been it's been a blast, there, uh, partner. As always, man. And they're you good know? shows, and I love them, and I love being here. So there you go. You know, Matt Matt's a little down and out today. I don't <laughs> know. Leave Matt alone. He's just. I guess up. Doink picked on him too much. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was kind of. It's bad enough he had the clown issue, and then they come in and start railing away. I'm like, dude. You love them, though. Well, you know what though? According to Matt, afterwards he told me that it solved his fear of clowns. Now he just wants to, you know, run them over with his. You're clowns. not scared. You're not scared of clowns anymore. Yeah, there's really something about a clown. Rip- Repeatedly uh, <laughs> trying to fuck your mother. That kind of makes you. Over he it, kept so. asking about oh, your mom. I know. I know. We're gonna end the show, but I have to. Phobia ask over. Phobia were over. You, were you ready for that kind of attack? I wasn't ready. I, I was expecting a bunch of things. That was not. No. So no, if anyone doesn't know, Doink and Dink were in here, uh, and it's classic Doink. 
was harassing Matt about his mother. Yeah, and I, I had Dink trying to get fresh with me. Yeah. Honestly, no, dude, it's, it's, it's I... Look, not grow, you're, you're younger than us, but growing up, mother jokes were like the shtick. Oh, God. But they went away because oh. it's not like... It's not yeah, PC. It's not, yeah, it's not so when he was blowing those out, I was like, holy cow, I right. cannot believe it. I was it. like waiting for but you like... like oh. I want to know a young man's mind getting hit with a mother joke. Like, what's going through your head? <laughs> oh, that's a timeless classic, dude. <laughs> That's what happens around now. Well, so it is. It's a time. It's, yeah. Was it like Time Life Records? Like, it's, oh it's a classic. God. Always pull out the mother jokes. If you got nothing else, pull out the mom. Oh. What did you? All right, you you were you were always professional, <laughs> like you always are. But I want to know what you wanted to say to him. He's not here now, so. Oh God, bad. Be careful. <laughs> They may come back. I don't know. I really don't respond to those kind of things. He didn't. He just was Honestly, like, I wanted to help you because I, I was, but, I, you know, we're interviewing He's got the SPD. But do you think it would have been out of line? Because I was going to say for you, this is what I was going to say. I was, I was going to say, you know, oh, no, he's too doink. He's too busy hitting your mother. Oops, she's dead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? <laughs> do you like think that would have been too rough? I, I think something about That's his ridiculous. mom would be fair, yeah. Oh, and then you always have to add that she's dead. Would you, would you stop? That, that's brutal. No, yeah. No, but you know, it's not that it's brutal. It's just like it kind of like stops the mother jokes. It like ends. <laughs> yeah, he's because like, now you've stepped he, over he, the line. He's joke. looking to Captain Fawcett by saying that. You know what I'm saying? It's just you know. No, I, I got to tell you, he was a great guy, and I understand you're young, and he's trying to play with you and stuff like that. But personally, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like the mother jokes. Like I, I never liked them growing up either. I don't. No, you weren't funny. a specialist in that. You would just piss in someone's beer and watch them drink it. Yes, that. <laughs> then that's fun. Right. 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 Let me ask you, Matt, before we go, football camp, right? Oh, what? He didn't. We're all drinking at football camp. camp, and then one guy falls asleep. Is it wrong just to urinate all over him while he's sleeping? <laughs> I mean, if you don't open your eyes, it's all fair. You know, it was funny. I was on the field after that happened, like, later on, and his, his name was, uh, by the way, remember Bill Gallant? No. Oh, anyway, his name is Bill Gallant, if you're out there. Actually, Bill. maybe faintly. That's right. I'll remind you that I peed all over you while you were sleeping. Oh, my But he God. found out because all the guys were making fun of him, and, like, he wanted to kill me. But it's all, oh it's all funny my games, right? Oh, my God. What about the time that you decided that duty should be part of a food fight? Oh, yes. Duty. How about this? Duty! No, no, no! How about that? We're, we're throwing around food and orange juice and whatever, and this guy goes in the bathroom and locks it, and immediately, Vin Rizzo, Vin Rizzo, who knew, tell the story. who knew, who knew what you were capable of. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And he goes, he's, he's doing something in there. He comes flying out of the bathroom with a wrapped up giant duty bomb. He's like, yeah, this counts in the food fight. I'm like, it was a food fight! Slow mo, this duty goes sailing across the kitchen. Ah! Right against the fridge. I got duty on my fridge. And needless to say, I didn't clean it up. You realize how badly I got beaten by my mom with that acoustic guitar? Oh, and it, she was slamming that over my head like Pete Townsend with the hole. But remember the time you took a crap oh. on that guy's car? You did! And you told me to bring toilet paper! All right, with that, this, this is, is this has been Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. We've Monty the Pharaoh. I'm Mike Monty. This is the Pharaoh. Until next week when we get in some more trouble. Later. <laughs>